welcome to Dear Alice, a lifestyle approach to interior design. Hello and welcome to Dear Alice. Today we are talking about the icing on the cake, as Jess would call it. We are talking about finish work and molding. Mm, Okay, let's define that for the people. Okay, finish work, you guys, is what your baseboards are. Mm-hmm. It's what, if you have a crown, that's called finish work. Casing around your windows is finish work. It's the paneling that so many people love and adore in a lot of these very stately homes um, that we all want to have a little piece of in our homes. Th- that paneling, that's finish work. All that's finish work design. So we love it. We do it on so many of our projects. And it's something that people are continually asking us for, but have a hard time kind of defining like where to start and stop it, where, what rooms should have finish work, which room shouldn't have finished work. So hopefully we're going to debunk some theories here. I like it. <laughs> and, and get into the details of finished work. It's kind of the finer things too in building a home because it's not a necessity. It's a yeah. luxury. Yeah. And I think that people make it, it, it feels like a sign of success to them if they have paneling in their entryway or going up their stairwell, you know, if there's this beautiful paneling, it's, it always feels really successful. This is definitely falling more in the traditional camp, which like we've said, traditional is trending right now. So a lot of the work we're doing is drawing up beautiful paneling that's scaled just right for the room, Uh, full powder baths, floor to ceiling, we'll do paneling in, drench those in beautiful color. Um, so it's become very, very popular, um, more recently. And we felt like we should talk about it because everybody has so many questions about paneling, how to do it, where to do it. What are the rules? Yeah. It's the stuff of like old English libraries. Mm -hmm. Think about paneling that way. Yeah. That's that's what we're going to talk about today. Yeah. You can picture that. Um, so the, speaking of old English libraries, um, so like the origins of the wood paneling and the finish work, this is a more traditional um, treatment that people did when they were building fine homes. Today, I feel like we're building... Manners and such. Yes. Oh, I yes. like the word manner. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's nice. Yeah. Uh, today, I feel like we're building more what they would say, what, what I would say our grandparents would say, we're building more disposable homes today because they build them so quickly. And back in the earlier days, they would build these things with fine craftsmen forever and ever, you know, and they're like multi-generational homes and that sort of thing. But you can get that look and that finishing touch by bringing in finished work. Even if you've lived in your home for seven years, it's something that you can always add. So I feel like it's a really good topic to break down that if you want to make your entry more fabulous, let's talk about how to do it. Yeah. I feel like, I mean, paneling, there's different ways. We'll get into just like different ways to, to do this, whether it's paneling or applied molding tricks like that. Um, I think that it's for the most part, getting new baseboards that are taller, you know, is, is one of like paintings, probably the least expensive things you can do to update a home. Finish work is next in line in my head. I don't know. Corey, Corey is a finish worker as well. So he, yeah. Yeah. I, I would say it's like the next in tier. The tier. Up. Yep. Okay. Yep. Okay. So one of the things casings around your window, I was going to say one of the things that is often missed in a home that's more affordable is window casings. Mm-hmm. They don't put them on the windows. They leave them off. So that's the trim as some people say around the window. So you're not just looking at sheetrock making that corner and not having anything defining that. It's kind of like the eyeliner on the eye. Yeah. You know, and also like door casings Mm -hmm. and then 
nice big base molds, I think will also make a room feel really successful. So if you did buy a home that has, say, a three-inch base. Uh, that's my least favorite <laughs> Corey, thing. was that a reaction yeah. from you? It, yeah. came, it seemed like it came deep Heard down dry heap. somewhere in your gut. Yeah. Sometimes builders <laughs> will uh, use casing as baseboard, which is n- not cool. And Corey's pointing his yeah. finger right now <laughs> yeah, really dramatically at me. Um, <laughs> to save money. And it's mm-hmm. like, that's, that's a casing that goes around a door. It goes around a window. I see you. It doesn't, yeah. It doesn't <laughs> go around your room. That's not what it's there for. Uh, call that's my, on it, yeah. people. What do you think the difference between a window casing and a baseboard is then? Um, four inches at least. Like in, in price or what? Or in size? No, in size. Um, yeah, four inches. The I would say. The difference is four inches. The yep. window casing is say three, three and the baseboard should be seven. Yep. Yeah. So they're. They're really cheaping out on you. Yeah. And then your car, their carpet's covering up some of it. So it looks like just a little, little sneak peek of something coming out of your carpet. It's embarrassing. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's horrible. Don't ever do that. (laughs) Good. Okay. Thank you for the clarification. Let's do talk about areas that you should throw, should show off finish work in. So if maybe you're Mm -hmm. looking around at your home and you're like, oh my gosh, I could do this to my house. Where do I start? You know, like what rooms should we try this trick out in? I think we've had clients too that have wanted it everywhere. They love the look of it. And again, like everything too much of a, too much of a good thing is not a good thing anymore. It becomes not special. Mm-hmm. It's not great. So <clears throat> we were just kind of discussing this before we started that if you look at your whole house, there are rooms that kind of, they will call to be, you know, have a special treatment to them, be it mm-hmm. wallpaper, be it a different color on the walls p- with paint and finish work is the same thing. You want a room like a little living room or study off of the entry that has a good termination points and a casing to do finish work in. Mm-hmm. I think um, we've, we've done powders with it, with finish work. If you don't want to do wallpaper, you can do it in entries, but you just have to have specific start and stop points that are well-defined that don't ambiguously trail on to this great room and then your kitchen. Cause you're like, Oh shoot, now I have finished work in my kitchen too. Mm-hmm. You know, and I didn't want to do that. So so really understand like your floor plan, your house that you're currently living in and see what spaces have good endpoints mm-hmm. where I can start and stop it easily. Yeah. So like yeah. an example of that would be the powder bath. Yeah. The powder bath is a great spot. Mm-hmm. Libraries, like Libraries. you said. Yes. I think that's a beautiful spot. I think those spot. should definitely Espe- be paneled. Especially in those rooms where you're like, you have a lot of built-ins and cabinetry. Mm-hmm. Finish work is a beautiful way to kind of carry that feeling to the rest of the walls that don't necessarily have like a cabinetry or built-in shelf on it. Yeah. You know, so I love also, that. Also, I would say libraries oftentimes will see the coffered ceiling, mm-hmm. which is also the work finish of a finish work. worker. Yeah. yeah. They'll create those boxed beams and do that tic-tac-toe pattern that you guys have seen before on the ceiling. And it's got a lot of depth. Um, you know, maybe it's like eight to 10 inches, even a foot deep coming down from the ceiling. That's finish work. Mm-hmm. And actually any beautiful ceilings. I have big... Um, I have a home that looks like a lake house and I've got some big white beams um, in the pitch of my ceiling with uh, tongue and groove poplar wood in between. Gorgeous. All of that's finish work. Yep. Yeah. My finish worker camped out at my house for like nine months because it's just a favorite of mine. <laughs> yeah. No, and the power of finish worker, a finish, good finish worker is just dimension. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? When you have good finish work in your house, like it just makes the home more dimensional. Those beams in your ceiling. Mm-hmm. The paneling on your walls, the bigger casings and the nice top baseboards, that adds depth. Oh, I've got one space. for you. Ooh, what? Um, the 
what's it called? It's been done way too many times. And we're like, no, shiplap. Oh, yeah. Shiplap is the work of a Finnish worker. It's the work of a Finnish worker. Yeah. <laughs> it's, you should not do it today, yeah. but it has been done for the last, I'd say, decade. Yeah. And it's that um, when you run the horizontal boards on your wall. So you remember beadboard? Yep. It's like that trended um, for a while. And then it turned into shiplap, which is horizontal boards. Um, some people call it nickel board because you look like you can put a nickel in between each of the boards. And it was just this really casual, cute um, sort of farmhouse. Uh, yeah, farmhouse yeah. trend. Yeah. Um, so that's the work of a Finnish worker. And again, too much of a good thing. It wasn't bad. And if, mm -hmm. I guess it can still be good in certain applications, done a certain way, painted a certain color, um, but too much of a good thing. You just don't want that. Yeah. Too much shiplap. We've gone into homes where they've had... The entire house is shiplapped. Yes. Yeah. And it just becomes monotonous and not, not special at all. So. Yeah. And it's expensive, you know, to, yeah. to keep that run on sentence going forever. And so it's good to be able to find a place to stop and start it like Sue Hall is doing. So I think you guys understand what finished work is and the impact it has in a home. Um, another place besides powder baths and libraries, we think um, a primary bedroom or master bedroom. Yeah. And that that's a really good place to go ahead and invest in a special ceiling or a beautiful wall treatment. Maybe it's full height um, ceiling um, behind the bed and wrapping the room in beautiful paneled walls. That looks really successful. Um, also entryways yes. are lovely. Running up the stairs, um, doing some sort of a kind of a wainscoat or you can go full height kind of with it. Yeah. yeah. And then you can run um, a kind of a rhythm where you put sconces in between some of the panels, yep, which looks beautiful. incredible too. Like you can look on our portfolio. You'll see, I think some consistencies with finished work. I'm thinking Tiger Oak. I'm thinking Rachel, you know, uh, different house styles. of Kennedy, house of Kennedy. We have finished work in her which is, entryway, which is fun too, to know. I know we talked about it being traditional, but you can do paneling and stuff in a funkier way. Like look at Kelly Worsler. She's a master of finished work, but it finished working. How do you say that? Finished work. <laughs> finished work. Yeah. Um, but it's just, it has a funk to it, you know? So depending on your style, finished work can still be for you, but you just want to study it out and see what rhythms you want to do and what that paneling looks like. Yeah. That's great. I love it. Okay. So let's talk about some of the rules of like where to stop it and where to start it. We have a really great question today from Amy Gubbles and she asks, um, uh, Second millwork. I am loving all of it everywhere. Any rules where to start it and stop it? Can you still do just half of just the bottom half of a wall and paint or wallpaper the top? And what is the best way to paint it? Have it all sprayed? Can you roll or brush it? Thank you. You're my biggest inspiration. Oh, thanks, thanks, Amy. Yeah, thanks, Amy. That's <laughs> thanks, so <Mrs>. sweet. <laughs> um, I would say um, just to answering the very last question on how to paint the finished work once it's done. Does she spray it, roll it, or brush it? I would say do not roll or brush it. Yeah. We want it to not have any lines on the paneling. Yeah, yeah we want it to be one solid wall of a beautiful paint smooth. job. Smooth, sprayed finish. Yeah, you don't want to see any of that texture. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, definitely don't roll it or unless you have a very steady hand. Yeah. Um, definitely spray it if you can, okay? And to your point, Suzanne, of like too much of a good thing is not going to be a good thing anymore. So we should stop and start it in certain areas. Mm -hmm. um, so I think those rooms that we just called out are a really good, you know, place to do it. Also, if you have a home theater, I think that could be a really lovely way to sort of 
start and stop rhythms of spaces to hang really beautiful art art or like we've done like upholstered walls like in theaters and things so it's a really great way to kind of section those things off and make it make sense where to hang your sconces yeah where to have those fabrics start and stop because so. like nothing's sadder than going in a basement to where they have a quote-unquote home theater and it's just like sheet rocked walls and no There's wall no treatment rhythm. and it just feels like a room with no windows and a prison of some sort they're like, we've got a theater and it's got, you know, some Barca loungers in there and just a big screen. Yeah. Yeah. You got to like paneling. get crazy in there, paint it an interesting color, do some cool carpet. Totally. Yeah. Just, yeah like Make it an experience. Of rhythms of, of finished work is such a cool trick in the theater. Mm-hmm. So yeah, there's like special rooms in the house that you should totally invest in great finish work. Yep. And to answer Amy, your question on the half wall, um, We've gone to homes where they still have that and they want to maintain that. And what we do with that is we have an interesting paint color usually in those spaces. It's usually in like dining rooms, living rooms, things like that. And it's not just a chair rail. People were not talking about the chair rail. If you have a chair chair rail. Can we define what that is for yes, them? Yes, you will. I will. There's That's just a piece of molding that just like cuts the room in half. There's no paneling below it. It's just drywall. Mm-hmm. Drywall below it, drywall above it. And it's just like this little trim piece that goes around the center of the room. And it's just like a bad belt. Just go I ahead think and strip originally like it was intended so that if you backed your dining chair up, mm-hmm. that it wouldn't like dent the wall or something yeah. at the height of the dining chair. True facts. Is that, yeah. is that, would you say that's accurate? It's 100% accurate. Yeah. Okay. So a lot of times we'll see that in older homes. I would say 1980 or, or older, like into the seventies. Yeah. I feel like it was 90s. a thing in the early two thousands like, though. Oh really? The chair rail? Yeah. I mean. Nobody's doing the chair rail though, right now. Historically, yeah. we'd have a chair, like if you think about like an old plantation home, they might have that yes. chair rail, but there's paneling below it. Yep. You know, mm-hmm. but yeah, but the chair roll that we're talking about is just when they plaster or just paste that little trim piece, you know, about yeah, I don't know, 36 inches off the floor and there's just like pebbly drywall below it and pebbly drywall above it. So Oh, Sue, stop talking. I'm <laughs> <laughs> plugging my anyway, ears. Go ahead. I just saw that in my mind. <laughs> go ahead and tear those onions off and like... Oh, take it off and you'll be, you'll feel like you lost a million pounds and you're just going to like hopefully re-skim your walls and just paint it a beautiful color. And you're just not cutting that, that line with a low cut gene, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh man. I'm going to have to quit, <laughs> quit doing this podcast for a minute to get my mind right. No, just kidding. It's oh, <laughs> so funny. But okay. But back to this the idea of wall. the half wall yeah. or the third. And let's talk about that proportionately. It's usually about a third, you know, coming up that if you have a 12 foot wall, you're going to come up four feet or a nine foot wall. You're going to come up three feet. Ooh, good math. Right. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. It's, and I'm an artist. Thirds. What, what the what? Yeah. Anyway, so there's so. something really pleasing about odd numbers yeah. and the thirds. I think there's, there's like this thing in Roman architecture called the golden mean or the golden ratio. And, um, it comes from, well, Corey, can you define for us the golden mean? Yeah. Uh, the golden mean also known as the golden ratio is a common mathematical ratio found in nature that is used to create pleasing compositions in art. And it is widely regarded and used by artists and graphic designers to bring harmony and uh, structure to their work. Yeah. So it's something that I believe like (laughs) architects, you know, use this on exteriors of buildings to create belt lines and, and interests. And it really is so pleasing to the eye, but you're never going to cut anything in half. No. 
right? It's yeah. always going to be um, odd numbers, which are pleasing to the eye. And so we're going to sort of employ that idea inside in finished work, which is why Sue's is saying, let's divide the room into, into three. So whatever your ceiling height is, get out your calculator and divide it by three if that's hard math. Throw a number at me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, or, or DM Sue Hall and she'll give you your thirds. She's real good at math. And um, that's going to be where you're going to do that what what Amy's question is is that half wall we're saying don't do a half wall Amy do a third mm-hmm. so do the bottom third or do two thirds if you want yeah, you. Yeah, two yeah. and then at the top of the two thirds above the paneling you could wallpaper that yeah. and you could wrap that wallpaper onto the ceiling and back down to the to the third to kind of create a real environment in the home that little hat yeah but work in thirds is the pro tip that we're giving you Yep. And we're usually going to, if we are going to do that, only half of a wall, like say we're only going to do that first 36 inches on a nine foot, mm-hmm. you're going to take that finished work up to that point, And then you're going to do something equally interesting on the top, I think. So and by interesting. I mean like a wallpaper. I like up that. On the top half of that wall or an interesting paint color. And again, I'm probably going to wrap that onto the ceiling as well. Okay. So by if interesting paint to. color, do you mean like if that trim down below it is white? then you want to do an interesting color above it? Or are you saying if the paneling is a dark cranberry, you want your wall color to? Yeah. Yeah. I'll define this. If if it's just finished work and you're just going to paint it white, like the rest of your finished work in the house, mm-hmm. then, then I probably would just have it be a to a tone. You know, I don't know if I do cranberry on the top with white on the bottom. Yeah. I probably, I, you just kind of want these things to melt a little bit more mm-hmm. into each other. So it's not like a drastic belt line. Yeah. You know what I mean? So if you have a wallpaper you want to use in your dining room and you're like, oh, I don't I think that's going to be too much for my eye. Finish work is a great way to break it up. So again, you don't have too much of a good thing, even mm-hmm. on your wallpaper. This is a great way to kind of give some balance to any space is to add some finish work. So I'd probably have my wallpaper. My wallpaper has the field color of forest green or mm-hmm. another color. I don't know. Anyway, I'd probably take that field color onto my finish work. Yeah. So whatever, there has to be like a common color. Mm -hmm. So let's say you do have white paneling on the bottom. You want to find a wallpaper that has some component of white in it Mm -hmm. to connect it back to the finish work. So it doesn't feel stark. Yeah. And so that they feel like they go together. Exactly. It's like getting dressed. Exactly. Pants and a shirt. Exactly. Yeah. Pants. Pants are the finish work. Shirt. (laughs) Whatever. (laughs) Tube top is the wallpaper. (laughs) Oh, man. I hope you're still following us on this. Stay with us, people. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So um, I think that that answers her question about half the wall being paint and the wallpaper on top. We we love that combination. We think it's really, really great. And you can do it in any sort of divisible by three kind of combination. Yep. So yeah, wallpaper could be, you know, just the top third of it. We even love taking finish work all the way up to be like two feet from the ceiling. And then just using that two feet of wallpaper, wrapping the ceiling in it, coming back down to create sort of this little lid or this little hat trick mm-hmm. on top. And that's really, really cute. Yeah. And that's fun too. Say your ceilings feel too tall. That's a great way to kind of like pull that line down a little bit uh, and I don't know if again, fill that environment around you and yeah, the belt's really good. So or or it. like in a small space, like let's talk about Jessa Maddox's powder bath. Yeah. Yeah. We did full height um, trim work in their finish work. So we started at the baseboards and then we did a really long rectangle and then about um, probably 
a fifth or a sixth of the way down the wall, we created a square. And then within the square, we put a circle piece of molding. So it feels like a circle and a rectangle. Mm -hmm. And then we painted the baseboards and all the way up to the crown, all the way up to the ceiling and actually the ceiling itself, all a really beautiful dark bluey green color. It's so, and it feels so grand. It really does. It stretches it super tall. That is a great way. If you want to look rich, (laughs) this is a good trek for you. I should say successful. Successful. Yeah. Successful. Yes. People will think you're handing out loans. (laughs) You're doing mortgages from that room. It's wonderful. So pretty. Um, Let's talk about uh, base molds for a minute, because I think that's something that we all have. We believe the larger the baseboard, um, the better. So, and we're not just going to do that in one important room, like a living room or a dining room. We're going to keep your same base mold running throughout the entire home. It's not a stop and start trick. It's a, it's a ever, a must have everlasting throughout the whole home trick today. They used to, I feel like build up bigger moldings in grander areas, but today we're just doing the same base mold throughout. Yeah. Don't save your best just for the one room. Take mm-hmm. it everywhere. And we, ah. Again, we're going to want that tall. So minimum, we're usually going to be a seven inch mm-hmm. baseboards. If you're a really tall room, you're probably going to blow it up and go 10, yeah. 10 inches. Also, here's a pro tip um, for those of you that really love finish work. I, in my house, looked through all of the different molding books, which um, when you are working with your finish worker, he might give you a catalog, which has all of the molding profiles that you can choose from. Um, one of the ones that we get handed probably seven out of 10 times is a book called Mitri. Mm-hmm. Um, it's moldings. It's M-E-T-R-I-E. You could even probably Google it and look at moldings. I have it online. Yeah, while you're trying to figure this out. There's also one that we get handed called R&G. They're called inner works. Interior, oh, now they're interior called interior works now. Oh, very yeah. good. Okay, yeah. interior works. So you could get on there and look at what moldings are available and trim pieces. That's interior works with an X too. Oh, yeah. Ooh, tricky. Yeah, exactly. So fancy. I recently had to look them up. Yeah. That's how I know. So it's a good way to see what profiles are available to you for baseboards and whatnot. I didn't find anything that I wanted to use in my home. And so I just created um, my own kind of like, this is what I'm thinking. And they're like, we can create a custom knife for you and rip your own boards. And then you can have your own custom millwork done. And the knife, wh- what do you think? What does a knife cost in your opinion? I, I think I probably got charged um, probably a retail price point for my knife, but it was $500. Yeah. That's the, like, Does that that's, sound fair. Yeah. Typically like a mold fee or a knife fee is like around that. Yeah. And if you're doing an entire home, then it, that's not very much in the scale of things to have a really beautiful original um, base baseboard. And mine's in one piece. So it's not like I did a three piece molding or anything, but mine are probably like, I'd say eight, eight or nine inches tall. And I love them so much. And then I have a trim piece that goes around my door. That's like kind of half of my molding. It's like they took the largest piece off and then did all my casings with that. Mm-hmm. And it's just a really pretty three-step molding that's, um, Got it's all flat, um, sort of stepped, stepping, um, kind of like a stair step that's elongated. Pretty. And so you can do a custom knife, which isn't that crazy. Yeah, I don't especially know. like you said for a whole house. Yeah. Or you, how do you guys feel about like stacking moldings or mm-hmm. like just creating? It. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So some people like don't know. It's like, oh, this is all that's in the catalog. But you can like, yeah. if you have a good finish worker, they mm-hmm. can help you get creative and like put a couple profiles together to get you either the height you want or the, you know, yeah. design I feel like especially in crown molding, like you'll have a cove piece, 
you'll have like, you know, the lower piece that goes onto the wall, the cove kind of bridges between the wall and the ceiling. And then you'll have another sort of trim piece that kind of connects the three. So you'll have like a three piece crown or a four or five, if you're really trying to create a lot of vibrato, which is really common in finished work. The best thing that you could do if you don't love to look at all the pieces and parts of this is just to find a concept of like a home that you love their crown mold or their base mold. And the finished worker will know just what to do. You don't have to speak this language. They do. But I think if you start with a concept and this goes for almost anything in interiors that you're trying to create, then you're, that's like worth a thousand words to show them a picture. Otherwise it might be kind of Frankenstein if you don't. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They want to see a picture so that they know that they can deliver it right. Yeah, so, definitely. Or you have a professional, like we know what we're looking at when we look at those books. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, it's, I think it's really fun work. I love, I love, love, love the, the trim. Um, okay. What else do we want to say? Crown moldings. Um, when do you use crown moldings? Yeah. You know, it's interesting. We do. There's because traditional is trending right now. It's something that we're doing more and more today. We're mostly known for like our transitional work. And so in transitional, we don't do a lot of crown. We'll do an awesome base. Great case. We'll do finish work on walls and stuff, but we don't always crown up that ceiling ceiling. We don't. And if, I mean, usually we'll, we'll select crown when we're doing like cabinetry. Yes. I mean, like that has a crown on it. And occasionally if we have other paneling happening in the space, like a library, We'll mm-hmm. take that same crown around that whole room and we'll have finished work match up with mm-hmm. it. That's like a circumstance where we use crown, but most often we don't because a lot of times we are, are trying to like create these environments where the wall kind of bleeds into the ceiling, mm-hmm. right? And so, yeah, in our transitional work, we're really not selecting crown, but when you are, and if you love that kind of Parisian look and you're building a beautiful home, mm-hmm. then go for it. We're yeah. doing some of those right now and it makes great sense for the aesthetic that you're going for. So just understand that by we're, I feel like, well, it's probably like early two thousands. Everyone's just like, I put crown in, yeah. <laughs> I put some crown in and it just kind of becomes that tension line. If you don't know how to treat it correctly, mm-hmm. you know, with like paint and like really call it out as an interesting feature. Don't feel like crown alone is going to make it look right or successful it's almost better, I think, to leave it off. Mm-hmm. I feel like today's crown is the wall paneling. Mm-hmm. Don't you feel like people yep. are like, and, and they're doing applied molding. So maybe let's talk about the difference yes. between applied molding and paneling. Yeah. Paneling, when you see it like in these traditional spaces, that's all made out of wood. You have raised panels that are like sculpted and knifed out of real wood and put onto these walls. With applied molding, this is a less expensive way to get the look is if when, if you're building a home, just make sure that the walls are smooth, mm. a nice smooth surface, and then you're actually just going to apply trim work to create these panels. And therefore, it's doesn't. I mean, it's just drywall at that point, and then applied molding, and you're spraying it all the same finish to make it feel like that one piece of wood that's been carved out to create these panel details. Mm-hmm. So if you, and most people, I feel like that's a really great way to save costs um, and get the look. So we do a lot of applied molding. Yeah. Totally. And I think what Sue said is really key when you say it needs to be a smooth wall, Mm -hmm. because if you see that orange peel texture coming through. Not fooling anyone. (laughs) Next to the, next to the applied moldings. And you're like, that's the wall. That's not a panel. You just gave it away. Um, Yeah. You just gave away your magic trick. So make sure those walls are smooth so that people believe that they're all a wood panel. Totally. Corey, do you have anything to add? I know you do paneling. Um, Oh, on the side, 
I would say I think a, right now a lot of people like to do DIY work. DIY, DIY work. Uh-huh. Um, I mean, if you are into that type of thing, then do it yourself if you're like capable. But if not, just hire a professional because this is where it can get really expensive because you need a table saw to do it. Mm-hmm. You need a chop saw to do it. You need a, like a fine tool. You need maybe a jigsaw. And then you then you have to buy all of the stuff. Do you need do like it. a special type of nail gun or something so that your nails aren't huge? Yeah, on I mean, these little tiny panels. Yeah, I mean you can just buy like a a finished Brad gun, and then you'll need an air finish compressor. Ladies, and people listening right now, does anybody here have you ever heard the term finished Brad gun? Like yeah. this is a lot of equipment. Mm-hmm. I've never heard that before. So my mom got me like, she was like, Oh, I want to do this and this. And it's like, Oh man. So then like I had to buy all the tools. So now I have all the tools to do it and that's why I do it. Mm -hmm. Um, or either that or I borrow some from a friend, but yeah, it's just a lot, a lot to get into. So I know there's like a bunch of shows that kind of talk about doing it yourself, but it's probably best to hire a Finnish worker who does Mm -hmm. it professionally because then they also know how to subdivide your wall out. Like if you start, yeah, um, that can be really yeah. hard too. Yeah, if if you look at a you know a fifteen foot wall and you're like, oh, okay, this is where I got to start, and by the time you get to the end, it's not. Yeah, you're like, that's a home job. Yeah, exactly. And I've, <laughs> yeah, I've done that before, so I've like learned my lesson the hard way, which sucks. You say these things. <laughs> yeah. So that's why that's the only reason I say that it can yeah. be expensive and a lot of time. So mm-hmm. you might it's save a, some money. It's a very technical trade in getting it right, and it's math is probably. A huge part of it, but also being a perfectionist and having the right tools to be able to create beautiful finished work. Totally. Yeah. Yep. Also, if like you're doing it on ceilings and stuff like scaffolding and being able to lay on your back and do it, you know, it's it's yeah, it's like grueling work. It's back not, breaking it's not stuff. Yeah. yeah. And if you're doing baseboard, you're standing up and you know what I mean. You're on your knees and nailing stuff in all the time, and yeah, yeah it's a lot of work. But it's a lot of work. Yeah, that's great. Um. For as far as styles go, I don't feel like we're doing anything really wavy right now. Um, no. As far as like moldings? Yeah, go. I don't yeah. think so. One of our designers, uh, she bought um, an existing, you know, condominium and they just put, I'm pretty sure, um, casings on her base because she has a three inch wavy hopefully, and she's just like, uh, no, she, she, she brought she's it up. She was like <laughs> so mad about it because that really wavy thing as a base mold doesn't make any sense. Mm-hmm. So we have more straight sections today in the most of the moldings that we're doing. Um, that kind of gives the height. It's kind of like a freeze for your, for your ground level, Just right? Just like a crisp, like popped collar. Exactly. If you will. Exactly. You, it's like you ironed your shirt today. Yeah. Yeah, you have a strong, strong straight, and then you might have like a little bit of detail at the top, possibly at the bottom. We're not really using like, what is it, what is it called? That shoe mold, you know, where you have like that little arch oh, at yeah. the bottom. A bull nose. Bull nose, thank you. Yeah. We're not really using those attached to that straight. So avoid that. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Um, keep it clean, keep it tidy. Yeah, absolutely. Like uh, let's talk about paint. I know that was one of the questions that um, Amy asked was um, besides like, so we're saying spray it, but what type of sheen do you feel like we should paint our finish work in? I think in any regards, we're always going to do, if, even if you have like just regular chip wall, your baseboards and your casings are all going to be semi-gloss. Mm-hmm. And then we'll usually do our walls in satin. So again, finish work or paneling, that should be considered the same as your base mold. So all that's going to be in semi-gloss. Yeah. And then your walls and ceiling, you know, can again be in satin. So so this also goes for those of you that don't have paneling, your window casings, mm-hmm. your baseboards and your door casings and your door 
should all be semi-gloss. Yep. If you're more contemporary. Ooh, if you're more contemporary, you can probably just go to a satin or something not quite as glossy. Mm-hmm. If yeah. your walls are flat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But we always, we always step trim up a sheen just to help it pop and get credit it's for like it. It's like the highlighter on your cheekbone, right? Mm-hmm. Like exactly. Throw some semi-gloss on there. Yes. Yep. That's great. Okay. So for the last question that we have, they ask, can you hang artwork over finish work? Shoot, yeah. Let's give them an, ex- <laughs> yeah. And let's give them an example of this. Cause everybody feels like, oh no, it's finished work. I can't put a nail in it because it's all of this beautiful paneling and whatnot. Yeah. No, we always, we love art. So we're going to throw our unfinished work all day long. Yeah. So yeah, you're just, and that's a kind of the nice thing about when you're laying out your paneling with an, with a finished worker mm-hmm. and he's and a lot of times they'll tape it up for you. So you can kind of see the rhythms before they actually put it up to make sure you get a sign off. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is a really great, cause you'll want, you might have a piece of art that you bought and it's really large. And one of those center panels on this big wall might be larger and that might be very intentional make that center panel larger and then you're going to go a little bit smaller like on the sides you know again kind of in those rules of three so yeah we would probably just either we've done it where we center art on a panel yeah above that third you know that kind of golden mean that's also another thing to like keep in mind too with that golden mean you can imagine if you split a wall in half it's going to be really tricky to put artwork up because then you're dealing with like a raised trim piece and that's super frustrating um so again, yeah, we would put our unfinished work yeah. just in the center of those panels. Same thing with like a powder bath. Gorgeous. Like if you created paneling in the powder bath, you're going to create a wider section mm-hmm. where the sink is going to hit and that mirror above it is going to sit within two panels. Yep. Um, there was another instance. Oh, when you're talking about like the rhythm of panels where maybe you do a wider one in the middle and slimmer ones on the side, that's also really beautiful in an entry to hang the art in the larger one and then sconces within those smaller within those smaller panels. And so that sort of rhythm, I think feels way more interesting than doing equidistant, all the same size rectangle. Yep. So back to your concept photos, really like look at some different concept photos and think of like what you want to feel Mm -hmm. like. I want a big piece of art. That's a great rule to just make sure that that center panel is nice and weighted for that piece. So yeah, we have the artwork on it. Sometimes we even split, you know, if you have like a split between two panels, we'll put artwork there as well. Mm-hmm. So that could be really interesting. So, yeah. So yeah. Don't be afraid to put holes in the finish work or in your walls for that matter. Yeah. Throw art up. And you're not probably pounding a big like roofing nail or something in there. I think what you're using is those little tiny pinhole ones with the hook, yep. you know, those art hangers. That's what we would drive into that piece, yeah. but it's going to hold it really well where sheetrock might um, kind of rip out of the wall and it looks so sophisticated. It really does. Um, even on top of bookshelves, we're going to even pound nail in between that section. What do you call that? Break. The If you have a bookshelf and then like this. Like a face frame? Yeah, like the face frame. Yeah, you drive a nail into that and hang a piece of art overlapping both sections of, of the um, books. And that looks fantastic. We've even done that with a TV. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) totally. It's layered. It's artistic. It feels like an old library. It's breaking the rules. Breaking the rules. Breaking the breaks. Yeah. (laughs) I like it. Yeah, it looks really good. So good. Yeah. Well, I hope this has been helpful today to be able to break down finish work, what it is, how to paint it, where to put it, kind of the rules. And um, it's a successful trick that we think is really worth getting right in your home. I hope this helps and we will see you next time. (laughs) Oh,
Hey, thanks for listening. If you like our show, please leave a five-star rating. 